This is a Flashpoint Extra. I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. Hey, everybody. If you subscribe to Flashpoint, you know one of my big focuses is mass incarceration. Well, last month, there were major developments inside of Pennsylvania's Department of Corrections. A number of prison officials were sickened by alleged contraband that in some form of synthetic cannabinoid, a.k.a. drug contraband, y'all. Well, the prisons were locked down to stop the flow of drugs into the prisons. Then, on September 5th, the DOC issued a new policy regarding mail and visitation. Now, let me summarize it for you. Under this new policy, all mail to inmates must be sent to a central location where prison officials will scan the mail for contraband. Also, during visits, there are no photos or drinks or food that are allowed for a period of about 90 days. But the biggest change, one that is bringing major backlash and a rallying cry, is the ban on any shipments and all shipments of books to inmates in side of the prison. Yes, y'all. Books. The DOC says instead of you being able to ship books to your loved ones, they will beef up prison libraries and allow inmates to buy a $150 e-reader and then they can purchase books that could cost anywhere from three bucks to about $25. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that's that's not cheap when in many cases you can send an inmate books for free. So, I spoke to the ACLU of Pennsylvania, the legal director, Vic Volchek. He says that they are considering whether or not to bring a legal action against the Department of Corrections. Uh, It's important for folks to realize that while prisoners um, often have fewer rights than obviously non-incarcerated people, the First Amendment provides substantial protection to prisoners, um, especially for communications via the mail, via publication, subscriptions, things like that. This is an important avenue of communication with the outside world, and, and it's one that impacts not just prisoners, but also the people who are sending it, which is why I think courts look very, very closely at any kind of restrictions on on mail and publications. Um, the ACLU Pennsylvania has serious concerns about the new policy that's been announced. Um, we're looking very carefully at the changes and how they process legal mail because it does raise um, confidentiality concerns. Uh, and it's it's difficult to know exactly how the restriction on publications and subscriptions is going to work. Uh, it's, it's really quite vague, but it's difficult to understand at this point how they could possibly put that into effect and it not result in a pretty serious decrease in the total number of publications and books that are available to the prisoners. And and that would be a serious First Amendment problem. Now, for the DOC's part, they have said that they will boost their prison library and make e-books available for about $3 each, as I mentioned. Um, But, you know, inmates make about 19 to uh, 50 cents in an hour working. So it could take a while for them to be able to afford it. Now, I spoke with Kier Neuringer. He is a member of Books Through Bars, an organization that sends free books to those in prison. They are taking action to try to block this new policy 
Um, take a listen to my discussion with him uh, and how this uh, change has impacted their business and is impacting families and those on the inside. So, Kier, uh, first of all, just your reaction to the new policy that was announced September 5th. Personally and with my uh, organization, Books Through Bars, very disappointed and upset and, frankly, outraged, shocked. Tell people about Books Through Bars and how so, this rule, this new rule affects you all. Books Through Bars uh, has operated for 30 years, sending free books to incarcerated individuals in the Mid-Atlantic region at their request. Uh, we do this as an all-volunteer organization. Nobody makes money doing this. We do this because we are in solidarity with incarcerated people and their desire to read, whether it's for educational or recreational purposes, to aid their self-transformation, their self-betterment, um, their access to educational and legal reading resources. Um, we have done this for 30 years without any any kind of problem. Well, there's been some pushback from the state. Every once in a while, there is an attempt to end programs such as ours, unfortunately. Um, nothing ever as uh, draconian and punitive as these policies now, which, like I said, are, are totally shocking. We feel that they're regressive. They're basically going to prevent individuals incarcerated in Pennsylvania state prisons from receiving free books or having printed books at their pers- for their personal use. Among many other restrictions that are going on, uh, the one that we- we'll no longer be able to interact in any way. It's very troubling. What's really at the center of this is books are not contraband. Knowledge is not contraband. It occurred to me the other day that, um, for example, when Dr. King was sitting in jail writing a letter from a Birmingham jail, he probably had access personally to a Bible, among other books. That kind of thing is being denied to all state prisoners right now, um, which is shocking and upsetting. You know, I just thought about the autobiography of Malcolm X, how he spoke about reading and educating himself behind bars really helped change who he was as a man and uh, prepared him for the journey that led him to be a great civil rights leader. So, So this affects, does it basically shut you guys down or now you just send books to you know, county and, 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 and federal prisons? Our answer to that question is twofold. Number one, we are absolutely still doing our work um, because we do send to uh, other uh, states in the mid-Atlantic region. Um, we also send, like you said, to county and municipal and federal prisons, to individuals in, in, in those institutions. So we're absolutely functioning uh, as we always have um, and we're and at the same time we're we're fighting these new restrictions at the state level in Pennsylvania, but we're also fighting these restrictions at the state level in Pennsylvania because we do not want the counties to adopt these policies, and we do not want other states to get the idea that these policies are in any way just or effective or or permissible or legal. So we we're also trying to put ourselves uh, in between this these terrible measures being spread to other um, yeah. administrations. And so how, what's the battle for you guys? How are you fighting it? So uh, we started um, by encouraging everyone to sign a petition that was started by our friends at Amistad Law Project. And we, we just doing that because we encourage people as a first point of contact to 
to read this petition and sign it. Um, and um, not because we believe that Governor Wolf or Secretary Wetzel is going to read the petition and then change their mind, but so that we can uh, point to popular resistance to these policies. Um, we don't we don't view books as controversial um, for for incarcerated people. Um, so that was that was number one for us today. Uh, today is uh, Friday, September fourteenth. We are encouraging people to call in. Um, and, uh, you can, I guess people could check our Facebook for the, or, or our website, actually, uh, booksthroughbars.org for, uh, information about, uh, the call-in that we're encouraging people to do, um, because we want them to call Governor Wolf, call the DOC, call their lawmakers and say, uh, this, these, these new policies are absurd, um, and flawed and ineffective and inhumane. Um, beyond that. On October 2nd, there's a big rally in uh, Harrisburg, um, and uh, we encourage people to come out for that if they can um, at, at the, uh, the state capitol. And that um, is about the, that's about this new policy specifically? Well, that rally was originally organized for, for, uh, for another reason uh, related to anti-mass incarceration uh, efforts. Um, but there's going to be a lot of energy and concern and outrage around this, these issues as well, because um, when measures like these, um, no books for individuals, uh, the, the, the mail policy, which I'm sure you're aware of, the visitation policy, the screening of legal mail, which totally violates uh, client-attorney privilege, these things make it harder to advance other, even bigger changes, uh, which a lot of people in prison abolition and anti-mass incarceration work are, are working towards. It just makes those efforts more difficult, which is not surprising that, um, you know, that uh, state officials would uh, seek to pr- make those, that work uh, more difficult, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, now you can't, you know, yeah. Yeah, I get it. And so what's your understanding? What access to information do people, uh, from what you know, have access to now um, in, inside of the prison? Because I understand they're going to have tablets or something. So so the, the picture isn't 100% clear. Um, but uh, what I can tell you is that uh, among the things that have been proposed are to uh, offer uh, incarcerated individuals the opportunity to purchase tablets for $147 plus tax, e-readers, basically. Many people don't know that uh, folks are forced to work for 19 cents an hour. $150 e-reader is uh, not really within reach for a lot of people. When you add on top of that, that uh, the book selection for those e-readers is going to range from $2.99 a book to $25 a book, you contrast that with uh, folks being able to write to us and get free, absolutely free books. Um, you know, it's, it's very troubling. And another part of that is the DOC is touting uh, how uh, there will be something like 8,000 books available for these e-readers. A volunteer at Books Through Bars did a little dive and discovered that in 2013, for example, over 2 million books were published. So when you're offering people 8,000 out of 2 million books, it's really a joke. And we can start to guess 
what kind of books will and won't be offered. Um, so it's a way you, know, it, I, you feel like this is some type of censorship as far as like I, what people are able to have access to? I think it's absolutely censorship. I think it's absolutely surveillance that is unnecessary and unwarranted. Um, people's individual reading choices will be surveilled and, uh, and restricted. Um, you, you mentioned the autobiography of Malcolm X. Now, we get that request very often. And if the prisons are, if the, if, if the DOC is saying, you can't have books for yourself, and Malcolm X is saying, books are what helped me become a great civil rights leader, I wonder if his book is going to be available. I wonder, I wonder at what point books like that will also be restricted from this. Yeah, and with uh, only 8,000 books, I mean, who's choosing which 8,000 books are available? And I realize, and in, in listening to what you're saying, we, you know, I cover mass incarceration, and there have been a lot of strides in Philadelphia County, but mm-hmm. I can't say that I've covered the state correctional facilities as extensively, and it seems that the state correctional facilities have a different mindset. This is coming from... A, a governor who is a Democrat who has presented himself as somewhat progressive on certain issues, uh, supposedly, and it comes from a you know a DOC uh, secretary who um, has at least uh, made statements about being in favor of you know lowering the prison population, and then they institute policies that are exactly in reverse of what they present themselves. As representing, yeah, um, and that you know, in 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 the era of Trump, you kind of expect draconian, cruel things such as these, but not from not from this side. And that 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 that's that's especially yeah. troubling. And and I um, want to play devil's advocate a little bit because you know they did have the issue with um, sick people getting sick inside of the prison because people were smuggling things in. And um, things were coming in, you know, through the mail. I mean, there's, you know, the, the drug, I think, looks can be, you know, look like paper. And so w- w- what's to say that, you know, th- this is a protective measure? I mean, you had prison guards getting ill, um, not just in Pennsylvania, but in other states as well. And this is simply a way to keep things safe. Uh, you know, any response to that? I'm glad you brought that up because I, I also don't want folks to think that uh, Books Through Bars is heartless or, or you know, doesn't, doesn't see a circulation of dangerous drugs as a, a non-issue. Um, we happen to believe that there are better ways to and more effective ways to focus on that to keep people safe. Whether the people uh, circulating and or abusing drugs uh, in prison communities are the incarcerated or prison staff, and correctional officers, um, we want people to be safe. And uh, this doesn't, we don't believe that removing books or screening legal mail is actually going to do that. Now, the DOC did identify seven ways that dangerous substances could enter a prison. They mentioned that books could be one of those ways. But in 30 years of us sending free books to incarcerated individuals, that hasn't occurred. Yeah. Nobody called us and said, hey, this happened from, from your organization. You know, this, this has never happened. There's a, an organization called Bookham, which does a similar work to us out of Pittsburgh. 
never happened. Is there any final words here uh, that you think people should know? Um, and, and I'll definitely give everyone your website address. Bookstubars.org is uh, where they can find info about what we're doing to uh, roll back these policies. And books are not contraband and knowledge is not contraband. And we want, we want people to get behind that. This has been a Flashpoint Extra. I hope you enjoyed this exclusive content. You can follow the show on Twitter. Our handle is Flashpoint Show. My handle is Cherry Gregg. Flashpoint airs on KYW News Radio 1060 AM on your radio dial every Saturday night at 930 and every Sunday morning at 830. You can also listen live via um, live stream on KYWNewsRadio.com. And if none of those times work for you, guess what? You can check out the Flashpoint podcast. There you can hear exclusive, full content by logging onto the Radio.com app, the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, or other podcast platforms. All you need to do is search Flashpoint KYW. If there's an issue that gets you hot under the collar, let us know and we'll make it a show topic or a Flashpoint extra like what you're listening to now. Flashpoint family, I truly appreciate your support. I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs> 